study, 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 so that you hide the word of God in your heart, so that you will not sin. And the handouts we give you, I hope and I pray that you go home and you study these. And because we don't, I don't, you know, this handout I give to you so you can study at home. And search those scriptures as well so you can see how the lesson flows so you can apply it as well. Okay, we've been talking about overcoming envy this month. James, amen, tell us, amen, if we have bitter envy and strife in our heart, he says, glory not and lie not against the truth. He says, this wisdom descend not from above, but is earthly, devilish, and sensual. For where bitterness and strife is, there's con- envy is, there's confusion in every evil work. Okay, and so therefore we want to get envy and it's so easy in the world from the time we're young. It tries to get us to envy or be jealous of other people. And so that's what we want to try to overcome. Now, we saw last week as we began to talk about this subject, we saw that jealousy and envy are not the same thing. Amen. Envy, jealousy is your fear that you are going to lose something that you possess Why envy is you feel like you're liking something, amen, that you don't have that somebody else has. And so you want to overcome that because it's real easy if we are not careful to start saying, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Oh, I wish I was like that person. Oh, I wish I looked like her. I look, I wish I looked like him. You know, uh, I mean, I wish I had a car like that. And so and as a result of that, we start envying. And usually a lot of times if we don't control envy, we can wind up in debt. We can wind up hating people. We can wind up, you know, it just keeps going on and on and on. And we found out through Scripture that envy will destroy you. Jealousy will destroy you. You know, when you look at King Saul, after David came back from the battlefield and the women got the tambourines and they started singing... They said, Saul has killed this thousand and David has killed this ten thousand. The Bible says from that point, Saul envied David and he was jealous of David and he went about to kill him. You know, a lot of times you can see it in the media. A lot of times, you know, the world is a, is a, is a cutthroat place, if you want to put it that way. Jesus even told us in John 10.10 10, that the thief came not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy He says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. And so to get envy out of our lives, we have to realize that God is working in every one of us. See, when I read the word of God, I got to realize it applies to me. See, I can do all things, Paul says in Philippians 4.13, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, I have to focus on my walk with God, what God is trying to do in my life, and not envy what he's doing in your life, okay, and being jealous about what you have and the things that you have. God is working with me, and he's working in your life. You know, you can look at another person and think, oh, they got it all together. Oh, man, I wish I had what they had. I wish I had but I guarantee you, like everybody, I don't care if you've got a billion dollars, you've got some problems sometimes. You're going to get sick sometimes. You're going to go through some troubles and problems sometime in your life, you know. And so, therefore, we have to realize that we envy people, then, you know, we don't realize that they got issues too. The person that you're envying may be envying you. 
<laughs> you know, you stop and think about it. Just because they got millions and millions and millions, it don't mean they're not envying someone else, you know. So, therefore, we have to be careful that we don't allow these things to happen in our lives. Now, last week in point A, we saw some things that are harmful effects of envy. It fostered discontentment and distress. Amen. See, you, you can become distressful thinking about what other people have and what, you know, how other people look. You know, you know, you think, oh, you know, I wish I was like her or like him. He's so cute or she's so handsome. She's so cute or he's so handsome, you know. And as a result, you, you wear yourself into a frenzy. You know, you can be distressing your own self. And that's the worst kind of destruction is self-destruction. Amen. If you are destroying yourself trying to be like somebody else, you know, you're going to destroy yourself. See, God is working you. As you apply his word to your life, you're moving on to perfection. As the Lord told Ezekiel in Ezekiel 14, he says, though Daniel, Job, and Noah, you know, these three righteous men, he says, they can't save nobody but themselves. I can't save you. I can only save me. That's why every Sunday when I preach, every lesson I teach, it's for me too. See? That's why Paul says, what does it profit, you know, if I preach to you and I become a castaway? See? I think Peter said on the day of Pentecost, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He says, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you, to your children, and to all that are far off. Eat as men's Lord our God shall call with many other words that he testify and exalt. Say what? Save yourselves from this untowards generation. Amen. I can't save nobody. <laughs> I, the only one, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ, the only one can save you, not me. only thing I can do is preach his word, show you his word, and hope you embrace his word like the patriots did. They embraced it and they loved it. Amen. And they, they, they went on. Amen. And that's what I'm hoping out of all of us. We embrace this thing so that we can all one day be with him and reign with him forever and ever on the streets of gold. So don't let, you know, envy foster discontentment because we've already studied about discontentment. We've got to overcome this thing. Amen. We want to be content in Christ. You want to be content with who you are, what God is doing in your life. Amen. He's working all things for your good. It binds our freedom. Amen. If I want to be like you, I'm bound. I'm not free. The Bible tells me whom the Son has made free, he's free indeed. Amen. So I want to be free. I want my liberty. Amen. I want to be free to worship. I want to be free to be who I am in Christ Jesus. It leads to resentment and bitterness. Amen. I don't want to have bitter and envy in my heart. It causes us to do things we wouldn't normally do. You know, we, we don't want that. Amen. We want to do the right things. It can spiral into deep depression. Amen. I wonder if that's why so many people are depressed. 
Man, they're trying to be like Mike, you know, or somebody. Michael Jordan. Everybody, you know, everybody, everybody want to be like Mike, you know. So, you know, we, we, we got to realize this. It is a constant battle that wards against our hearts and soul. Amen. We're not sleeping. We've just got this battleground going on. It can lead us into debt, and it offers no positive contribution to our lives. Amen. And so those are just a few of the things that we looked at last week. And so tonight we want to start with number B on your page, page 3. Consider these helpful life-changing steps to overcome envy. Number one, shift your focus to the goodness in your own life. Shift the focus. And what is God doing in you? What is God developing in you? Where has he brought you from? That's why I have testimony services. You know, I, I want you to stand and tell what God is doing in your life so that you will understand. They overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. See, you want to be able to see what God is working in you and what God is doing in you. Amen. And so, and as a result, that builds you up on your most holy faith. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? The testimonies of the Lord, David says in Psalms 19, is perfect, converted. Uh, the testimonies of the Lord is sure. They make wise the simple. Amen. And so, therefore, you want your testimonies of what God is doing in your life, you know, you have testimony serving people. It's almost like you got to get a crowbar to get them up off the seat. Tell me what God did this week. You know, I know he did something because you're here. <laughs> if he ain't did nothing, you know, Miriam stood up that day and what she said, God's good or something like that. Uh, hey, if he's good in her life and she knows he's good in her life, hey, God is going to open up the windows and give her some more to talk about how good he is. See, but if I sit there and I'll never tell anybody how good God it is, you know, my friend Scott Jacobs down in Perdition gave me a button. I was probably start trying to wear it all the time. It says, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. You know, man, I need to wear it all the time, you know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know, because I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You know, and so that's, the, that's how we've got to see this thing. God is working in you. What is he doing? Stand up and tell somebody. You know, it builds your confidence. It builds your trust in him. Amen. So that you don't envy other people. Because if you never talk about what God's doing in your life, then that she stands up and talks about what God is doing in her. And you know what you're going to say? Man, I wish you'd do something like that for me. Man, I wish I was her, that I could hear from God when he tells me that kind of stuff. You know? Well, he does. He speaks to us through his word. He lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. We got to shift our focus. Amen. One of the biggest reasons we envy the life of another is because we have taken our eyes, our own blessings. Think about where you were and where God brought you from. You know, I can remember as a young kid, them old mothers just stand up in the A-woman corner and said, Brother Deacon, I want to tell you what God's done for me today. You know, I didn't have any food, but he brought some food my way, you know. And, and you get to hear that stuff as a little kid, you know. And that's the thing. We got to focus on your blessing. Look what Psalms 103, Scott. Go to Psalms 103. 
Amen. Psalms 103, start with verse 1. David says, Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Every bit of me, bless the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord, on my soul, and forget not all his benefits. See? Benefits. You know, you take out an insurance policy, you get a job, usually people want to know what kind of benefits it comes with, right? Do I get some sick leave? Do it offer me retirement? You know, all these things, you know, that you t- get hired for a job. That's some of the things you're looking for. Does it, what kind of benefits does it have? And so notice what the psalmist said. He says, bless the Lord. Don't forget all of his benefits. What, what has God promised you? Man, think about it. What has God promised you? Amen. He promises heaven. He's promised us no more pain, no more tears, all this stuff. Promised me he'll fill me with his spirit. He promised me I'd never leave you, nor I'll ever forsake you. Just think about all the things God has promised you. Those are benefits. See? And so the psalmist, he says, don't forget all of his benefits. You know, that's why I'm working. <laughs> that's why I'm doing this thing for God, because I'm, I'm going to get my benefits at the other end. See, if I get fired from the job, I'm not going to get any benefits. See? But if I make it to the end and do my time, you know, then I'm going to have it. What, what, is, what does the song say? If I, if I walk in the pathway of duty, if I seek for a sheep that's already going to stray, and I know I will see the great king in all his glory when I've gone the last mile of the way. Amen. When I cross the finish line, as Paul says, henceforth, 2 <laughs> Timothy 4, Paul says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, whom the righteous just shall give unto me, and not only me, but to all them that's long for his appearing. Amen. You've got a benefit of a crown out there waiting for you. Go get it. Amen. Who forgive us of all thine iniquities, God wipes the slate clean. Amen. He heal us of all our diseases. He redeem our lives from destruction. He crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He feed us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. You should be soaring higher and higher and higher. You ever watch these eagles around here? Amen. Sometimes you just need to go out there and just watch how they just operate. And I seen one one day so big, I mean, he must have covered the whole highway. Just when I thought I was going to hit him with my trucks, he did like this and just soared right up, right out the way, you know. I said, wow, how awesome. Amen. You should study about the eagle and compare it to your spiritual life. See, you think about it. He, he soars. You know, it's been reported the airline pilots said they have seen eagles up five miles high in the air, you know, soaring. You know, when they're coming in for landing, you know, he's up there just soaring around. You know, he goes high and just, you just study him and apply, and apply it to your life. Amen. Don't forget the benefits of Almighty God. Shift your focus. Amen. Psalm 69, 18. Psalm 69, 18. 
What did the Lord do? He daily loadeth us. Oh, 68. 18. That's the wrong one. I'm sorry. I think it's 68.19 or 68.18. Is it 68? Oh, my goodness. Which I'm, I'm lost. Can you believe I'm lost? He daily loaded us with benefits. Is it Psalm 69.19? 68.19. My mistake. There you go. I was off one. Why'd you let me get off? Amen. Bless the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. He loads you down with benefits. He keeps giving you promises over and over and over again. Amen. Amen. Over every day, he brings it your way. Hey, you know, you, you, you can be pouting. He says, hey, you know what? Got something for you. Come on. You know, got enough promise for you. Let me show you. Come on. You know, remember what I told you yesterday? Come on. You know, he daily loaded us with benefits. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. What did the Lord say? I know all about you. I know where you're going. <laughs> For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. God knows what he already thought about you. As he told Jeremiah, man, I knew you before your mother even had you. (laughs) You know, he said to Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? You know, come on, Job, talk to me, man. You want to talk to me? Gird up your lawns like a man. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. God wants to give you an expected end. He wants you to have the best. He came. He died for you and I that we might live. Amen. Good treasure. Out of the good treasure. If you look at Proverbs 8, amen. What does wisdom say? Riches and honor is with me. Doable riches and righteousness. Amen. All my fruits are as fine gold, and my revenue is choice silver. Amen. I love them, amen, that love me, and they that seek me early shall find me. Amen. God's got everything you have need of. He wants you to have the best. Amen. That's my child, he says. Amen. The promise that he made to Abraham is for you. He told Abraham, you leave home and I'll bless you. Well, when we get baptized, we become what? Sons of Abraham. And heirs, the Bible tells us, to the promises. Because when God made promise to Abraham, Hebrews 6 said, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after Abraham patiently endured, he received the promise. As you patiently endure, waiting for God to come through, the Bible says, he that will come, will come. Amen. If God made you a promise, he's got to fulfill it. Why? Because he can't lie. See, are you delaying it? That's the key. Are you holding it up? See, so shift your focus. Amen. Hebrews 2, Ephesians 2, and you, one, Hebrews 2, 1, and you who is dead in your trespasses and sins, verse 2, 
Well, in the past, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the children of disobedience. Amen. Among whom also you had your conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were natures of children of wrath, even as others. But God. <laughs> Notice. All that mess you was in, he could have left you out there. But God, who is rich in mercies. That's what Jeremiah says in Lamentation 3.20. is the Lord's mercy. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. For his great love wherein he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Praise God. His great love towards us. Amen. Verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Think about that. Amen. See, so we got to, we got to remember where we were. That's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. So every time I, all I got to do is just look back. They're back there. Aren't you glad something's following you? <laughs> Amen. Think about it. That's what David says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I dwell in the house of the Lord. So, so mercy is right there. Grace is right there. Everything you have need of is right there with you. Because all things belong to God. Amen. We've got to shift our focus. Amen. Shift our focus in this thing. Amen. To God's blessing. Amen. And what God is doing in your life. Amen. Number two, remind yourself that nobody has it all. Amen. Nobody. Nobody has it all. Amen. Comparing your life with others is always a losing proposition. Scripture says in Colossians 2, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 10, 12, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves is not wise. See? Notice, if you try to compare your life to me, you're not wise. I don't have it all. See? I got shortcomings just like you may have shortcomings. Nobody understands it all. And, you know, and you get some people think they know it all. God has a sure way of letting them miss the test question to show them you don't know it all. See? He has a way of, of jerking the rug right out from under you because usually when you think you got it all, pride usually soars and pride usually goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Amen. That's why some people think they're rich in it. And notice they get arrogant. They're just setting themselves up for failure. Because pretty soon the rug is going to come right out from under them. You know, we see that in a, in a lot of times in the political world. You know, people get the boasting and carrying on. And I, as soon as they said it, I said, okay, they'll be down in a few minutes. You know, God has a way of jerking that rug right out from under you. 
been there, done that. Got a T-shirt. You want to buy it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so don't compare yourself to other people. Let God work through you. Amen. There will always appear to be people who have it better than you. But remember, we always compare the worst of what we know about ourselves to the best assumption we make about others. But we must remind ourselves nobody has it all. Each person you meet experiences problems, trials, weakness, just like you do. This is what makes us human. Nobody is exempt. Nobody has it all. Not anybody. Amen. Paul even tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, Amen. I mean, 12, let him to think he stand, take heed lest he fall. He says, there is no temptation that's taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. See? So we have to realize nobody has it all. So we have to be aware of that so that we don't fall. You know, if we idolize a lot of these uh, sports icons and some of the people we think is got it all, then we're going to set ourselves up for failure. You know, you stop and think about it. Amen. It, uh, you know, one of the shows on, on television is they try to get you to idolize. That's why they call it American Idol. See, and a lot of people get caught up into that. See, that's the enemy's trick to pull you from the church to the world. Because, you know, it doesn't show you the backdrop. You know, I think I shared with you uh, uh, when Helen Baylor, uh, you know, she was sitting at the table with me and my wife and in Okinawa, and, and she had came over to do a concert for one of my guys who worked for me. He was another pastor, and he had brought her over to, to do a concert. And so we were sitting at the table and talking, and she was telling me her life story. And matter of fact, she's, she's even uh, wrote a song about it, you know, it's on one of her albums and stuff. And so we were talking, and she was got to talk about how as a young girl she was singing in nightclubs at 13 you know, she was making more money than her mom and dad put together. You know, she was going on, and then she says all of a sudden she had to take drugs to get up, alcohol, all this stuff, and just got going on and on and on and on and on. And that she was young. The next thing you know, she was drug dealer. She's dealing drugs and everything. The next thing she says, you know, is one night her she was so high that she fell up against the wall and her, everything. She was dying, you know. She says the only thing that she believed saved theirs was she had a praying grandmother. That her mother, grandmother had been praying for her and had told her that God would use her someday. You know, and that she prayed and says at that moment, God, if I can be delivered, you know, I'll serve you. And she got her life back. But she talks about all the people in Hollywood and all the, you know, people she backed up at singing. That she opened in concerts for Bill Cosby, the Rufus and Chaka Khan and all these people that she sung with and helped and stuff, you know. She says, but throughout she, her whole conversation, she just keeps saying the devil had a trick. The devil had a trick. The devil had a snare. He had it set up for me because her grandmother had told her she, she was going to be used by God from a young girl. And as a result, she was, she was out there. And it took that to bring her back. So, you know, what am I saying, you know, we have to be careful. We don't idolize Hollywood and what those people do, you know, because the fact of the matter is it can 
it can destroy lives. And I've seen so many young men and women uh, get caught up into that stuff. Amen. Because they're trying to get rich quick. They're trying to do things to, because they see other people doing it. You know, it's, it's not that easy. Believe me. It's not that easy. So we have to be wise. We have to use wisdom. So we have to remind ourselves constantly that nobody has it all. And God has called you and me out of darkness to his marvelous light that he can put his power and anointing in us and use us for his glory. And he will give us the things that we have need of. Amen. When we ask of him. Amen. If we love him. Praise God. Number three, we have to avoid people who habitually value the wrong things. Amen. If you spend all your time with people who is always comparing the latest fashions, you're going to start desiring the latest fashions. If you spend all your time with people who talk about the salaries and, and new cars and extravagant vacations, you're going to fall into the inevitable trap of comparing your possessions to theirs. But there are far more important things to pursue. As Paul tells us, Colossians 3, he says, Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Amen. We are not to set our affections in that place. Praise God. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. So we need to avoid these kind of people. Amen. Notice Proverbs 1. Verse 10, Solomon's mother tells him, he says, My son, if sinners entice thee, he says, Consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up as lies at the grave as those that go down into the pit. Amen. We shall have all precious substance, we shall fill our houses with spoils, Cast in thy lot amongst us, and let's all have one purse. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's put it all together, okay? No, it ain't going to happen. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Notice. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Verse 17. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood and they lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owner thereof. So he says, if they says, his mother told him, says, if they say, hey, come on with us. And let's go do some robbery. You know, we're going to just put all the stuff we get in one, man, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. She said, don't do it, son. She said, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. In other words, the, the birds that comes down to pick up the seed and all that stuff, that's how they catch all these wild birds and stuff in, in Africa and stuff. They put all these seeds and, and bread and stuff out, and they have a net trap is, is set. And then when the, all these birds come, they shoot this thing off, and the birds didn't go. The net comes over them. They can't get away. That's how they capture them all. So he's using that same concept. See, the enemy, he, he traps you when you're there. You know, but how you think so many guys get caught drug dealing? All this stuff is a trap, you know? They, they know cops ain't dumb. <laughs> you know, 
Usually a lot of times they're not out for their little guy. They're at the big guy. They watch that stuff for days on years, whatever. You know? And then they trap you. They, they ensnare you. And then what happens? You know? You stand before the judge. Now you go to prison. You know? And I used to counsel in prison in Pertusina. I told you all the time. And the guys used to say to me, Pastor, I knew better. My mom, my pastor told me. You know, I just didn't listen. You know, and I asked God, I said, where are you from, man? Oh, I'm from Alabama. I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Florida. What, what are you doing in jail up here? Well, I came up here and I got, okay. You know, I mean, all kinds of people, doctors, lawyers, you know, all kinds, you name it. They're in there. The trap, the trap is out there. <laughs> Amen. So avoid people who habitually value wrong things. You know it. That's what Solomon's mother and father goes on to tell me. He said, make sure you're friends. Amen. You need to make sure that the people you are hanging out with are true friends. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. Amen. You, you have to make sure. You need to look at people's character before you say, oh, you're my friend. You need to look at their character. You know, the old saying, you're guilty by association. You know, so you have to be careful. Amen. Because if they're your friends, they're not probably going to lead you into wrong trouble. See, it's the wicked and evil that leads you to wrong trouble. Friends, friends are not going to take you down the wrong path. They're going to lead you in the right way. They're going to have a relationship with God. You know, and so you need to understand that. And if, if you're going to have people to be your friend... And you're a Christian, you need to be the leader so you can bring them out of darkness to the marvelous light. Amen? Praise God. So you have to remember these things. Amen? So avoid people who always talk about what they don't have and, oh, I wish I had this and, oh, I wish I had that. Oh, I wish I, I could do that. Avoid those kind of people because pretty soon they're going to pull you down. You know? So, so be careful. And a lot of times they might try to get you to co-sign for them because they were wishing they had stuff. And I've seen a lot of people wind up in, in that kind of situation. You know, they co-sign for people. And the Bible tells you don't co-sign for people. <laughs> you know, so you have to be aware of that. Amen. Number four, spend time with grateful people. Gratitude is, the high, is highly contagious. Jesus says, give and it shall be given to you, Luke 6, 38. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, for with the same measure you meet, it will be given unto you again. Amen. Uh, an attitude of gratitude is what you need. Amen. You remember what Paul told the church at 1 Thessalonians five eighteen. He says, in everything, give thanks, right? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. You want to have an attitude of gratitude. Amen. You want to be thankful for the things that you have. Amen. When somebody gives you something, be thankful. Amen. So that will help you stop, you know, envying other people. You know, and being jealous of other people. So remember that. You know, Paul says in Acts twenty thirty five, the Lord even tells us it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. So get in an attitude. You know, the more you give, the more, less you're going to envy. See? If you harbor, you're going to want more. See? 
So you have to re- realize that. So you keep giving and you, you, won't, you, won't, you won't envy what other people have. You know? Number five, understand that marketeers add to your envy. One of the most effective tools for advertisers is a culture is to foster jealousy and envy among us. Think about it. You watch a show or whatever, you might get 15 minutes. You know what the other 45 minutes is? Commercials and advertisement. Because they want you to envy what you don't have. You know, that's what they do. You know, those car dealers, they they don't care if they're spending a million dollars for a 15-second ad. They don't care. Not if they can entice you to go buy a car, you know, because you figure, hey, if they get a million people out of 350 million people in America to buy a new car in a year, you stop and think about that. That that million dollars was nothing to them. See? They want you. That's why advertisement is designed to entice you that you want this. See? Think about it, from clothes to food to vehicles to gadgets. You know, look how far out in advance they already started advertising the new iPhone and the iPad. They ain't even here yet. They're coming, but look how far out in advance they do it. Because they want to get your mind thinking, I got to have it, I got to have it, I got to have it. And as a result, you know, when it hits, you go get it. You know, so... That's the way they do. See? So marketeers is designed, and then you get one, and they're hoping you're going to turn to her, Sister Sue, and say, look what I got. Don't you want one of these? Look, look what it does. See? And she goes, I want one now, too. See? Huh? You use hers. That would probably be the smart way to do it. But but usually we don't do that. Usually we envy and says, I got to have one of those. I'm lacking one. That's what envy is, is I'm lacking something. You know, you know, yeah, you got to have, we talked about, didn't we? Got to have some self-control and overcome some of this stuff. Because if not, it will pull you. Amen. And the more you, once you get in that habitual uh, row of, of one more and more, it doesn't stop. It's kind of like a snowball rolling down the side of a snow-covered hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, and it, it, it can't stop. And the next thing you know, you're in so much debt, you're over your head, amen, and you can't stop it. So that's what marketeers do, amen, is to cause us to be envious and want more of things. But you, beloved, Jude says, build up yourself on your most holy faith, amen. Keep yourself in the love of God, amen. Keep your mind stayed upon him, Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is an ever-saving strength, amen. So trust in God. Don't let these marketeers keep pulling you away from the things of God. Amen. Number six, celebrate the success of others. Amen. 
We rejoice with them rejoice and we weep with them that is weep. Amen. If she gets promoted, I'm excited. If he gets promoted, I'm excited. Amen. Everybody can't get promoted. <laughs> you know? So we need to get in the habit of being excited with people. Amen. As I said the other day, you know, the song says, the Jones got a new car today. Hooray for the Joneses. You know? They got a new house. Hooray for the Joneses. Amen. <laughs> you know, that's right. They're the ones that got to pay for it. I'm rejoicing with them. You know, that's, that's the key. You know, not me. So, so just re- learn to rejoice with people over their successes. Because if I rejoice with you, with your successes, you'll rejoice with me with my successes. And if not, God still rejoice with me. <laughs> you know, and that's the key here. So learn how to be successful. Rejoice with other people, you know, and, and be excited of what they're accomplishing in their lives. Amen. And so we stop viewing our lives as competition. Amen. We're not in competition. You're my brother. You're my sister. You know, I'm not in competition with you. I'm trying to get to the same place you're trying to get to. You know, that's, that's the key. Now, I'm not laying up treasures here. I'm going to a better place. I want us all to be there with him together. Amen. But the world, as you notice, is constantly trying to make us be competitors with one another. You know, you don't have because you're this. She doesn't have because she's that. You know, no. Don't, we're not in competition with one another. Amen. We rejoice together. You know, when Sister Linda gives the missions report, I don't care if in Africa, wherever, you know, and somebody get the Holy Ghost changed their life, I'm rejoicing. See, because we're on the same team. You know, the finances we send into the mission field is to help them. You know, so we're, we're all on this thing together. So we're not in competition. So, so stop trying to be in competitions with other people. You know, I don't care what color you are, red, black, white, green, brown, or orange. You know, we are not in competition. We're the children of God. God is no respecter of persons. So we got to remember that. Number seven, be generous. Even if you must force yourself to do it, make generosity an essential habit in your life. Give your time, give your finances, give your abilities, talents, and skills. Volunteer in your community. Support a cause that promotes social justice. And get your hands dirty. As you begin to spend more time and more energy with those who have less than you, the more you will find fulfillment and meaning. And when you do, the allure of another person's life will quickly fade away. Envy has held many hostage for far too long. It is time once and for all to break free from envy and experience a more fulfilled life. Amen. That's why we always say, hey, let's volunteer. Do something in the community. When we say, let's go to him sing. Let's go to him sing. Amen. You know, the more you do in your community, you'll be surprised. Amen. You'll see as you apply your talents and your abilities to help other people, it'll stop that envy and jealousy feeling that keeps coming into your life. Amen. And this is what we want to continue to do. Amen. Praise God. So we're talking about overcoming envy. Amen. And hopefully this is get it all out of your life. Amen. So.
keep studying the Word of God, keep memorizing the Word of God, which is one of our goals to know those 12. By the end of the year, they are short, and I believe you can do it. Amen. I got confidence in every one of your abilities to learn. Amen. And, and to do this thing. Amen. Praise God. Any questions on what we discussed tonight? Amen. Praise God. Don't forget Sunday service is coming up. Amen. Be here for Sunday discipleship.